For none, my name is Patrick Cullen. I'm here, of course, with my co-host Chris Barty and Bardo. We're back. The people thought we were gone, and we've returned like uh, Gandalf and the Riders of Rohan. Oh, look to the uh, east on the fifth day, and you'll see my arrival. Is that what he says? I believe so. Yeah, I might have got that I wrong. believe so. No, it's probably Peter Jackson's mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good scene. Good scene in the movie. Watch it if you haven't. Cracker, it yeah. was seen. I mean, and then the digital remaster. I don't know if you've, you've peaked your eyes at that beat train, but it is a uh, it is a sight to behold. You can see every uh, crinkle on uh, Ian McKellen's yeah. face, which is really what you really want. Are you doing a cricket field, Ian McKellen? Oh, you know what? I think he'd probably be pretty handy in the grippers, Ian McKellen. Right. I think he'd be really good for some, some really witty uh, banter sure. as well. Yeah. I'm sure he'd have a couple of choice words mm-hmm. to say. And um, made me bowl some tidy left arm off break. Yeah, he's sort of a tall man, isn't he? So it's maybe some sort of rangy finger spin might be his go. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, all right. So where are we? How have you back. been, Chris? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was just thinking about all the things that Ian McKellen's done, but that's not this podcast. Um, <laughs> he's been in a lot of movies, Ian McKellen. Um, he's been in a lot of movies. You know, uh, this is a total sidebar, but he actually dropped by our acting school, uh, my acting school in, in Sydney, uh, the Actor Centre Australia. Hello, any ACA grads uh, who are listening? And uh, and had some choice advice for the people there, which mainly consisted of like people have paid for tickets, bloody should do your best job. And I think that's that stands for everybody, yeah, you know? Well, it's- so if he ever does bowl off spin, you know it'll be good. <laughs> you know, you're, you're really good at good tweak. Um no, it's good. Look, mate, it's good to be back. I'll be honest. Um, I had sort of switched on to the AFL preseason, um, and uh, you ever listened to "Going Back to Cali" by Notorious B.I.G.? I have been listening. Uh, yes, Chris, I, I know. I know "Going Back to Cali" very well. How is it relevant to cricket? Now? Yeah, well, just, or- just kind of that preamble in the beginning. You know, like when it's like a it's like a little skit bit where um, Puff. Um, Diddy, you know, Diddy rings him up and goes, Oi, big, like, get up, mate. We're going, like, you got to be on this flight. And then he's like, I'm up, I'm up. I got to get out of bed. I'm going to LAX. And he's like, Oh, Cali. And then, like, you know, the song starts and it's a really good song. That's how I feel about the South African series. Cause <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be straight with you, Pat. I'll be honest with you. Um, I was a little <laughs> bit weary, a little bit weary after a long mm. summer. Oh, and then they tied me out with the uh, international T20s. Um, oh, mate. They seemed to go on forever, didn't they? They just kept coming. I mean, the series against England was one thing. We didn't have a tri-series against the Kiwis. It was just all too much. But, like, so I was knackered, right? I was knackered. And Exhausted. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't stomach anymore. I had to go to bed. I had to go to bed. And then <laughs> you rang me. You were like, we need to do another podcast. And I was like, oh, God, why? Um <laughs> I mean, great. Give the people Can't what wait. they haven't asked um, for. But then you were like, <laughs> South African series. And I was like, oh, oh, South African series. Hello. And then we're back. So you caught my you caught my interest. I'm prepared to go again. Second innings. Um, let's see how many we can put on the board. Look, Chris, we've always known that we were second innings performers. Um, we always knew that we'd, we'd come out in those second innings strong. And... 
Fella, I understand that you, you just finished eating yourself some delicious apple pie, um, which I feel is very appropriate considering this podcast love for pies. And on that front, I think it's important that we, we bite the bullet straight up while I'm mixing metaphors and eat ourselves some humble pie straight off the bat. Because last podcast, Chris, we were fairly disparaging about um, the Hobart hurricanes particularly. Um, we we had some choice words Did to we? say. I think yourself especially. You may have you may have said Doesn't something. No, you may have you may have said that they uh, you hope they enjoy the sights of Perth and they had uh, Buckley's of none and and it's it's worth knowing that they um they uh they ended up getting in the final and um, putting on a pretty good show. Yeah, look, they um. It was an auspicious start for home teams <laughs> at the New Perth Stadium. Um, yeah, dis- distinctly inauspicious. Uh, what I can say is that teams in purple seem to perform well there, um, and that bodes well for my uh, my Fremantle Dockers in the uh, local football league. But um, Chris, if that isn't a silver lining, I don't know yeah. what is. That is just looks like silver linings all over the joint for me. And um, and we will take a quick tip of the hat to the Adelaide Strikers, who I didn't see coming in the slightest to either beat the Renegades or take out the final. So anyone from Adelaide, oh, Brad Coles, my mate Brad Coles is listening. I'm just going to give a quick tip of the hat to Brad, um, who did give me a little bit of stick when I was in Adelaide over our break, Chris, uh, to let me know that the, the Strikers are actually all that. So... Tip to you, Bradley. Well done, the Strikers. Uh, a deserved win in the end, in the final. Yeah, well, you know, they've got um, Alex Carey and um, uh, 10 other guys. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that big Billy Stanley for oh, a Billy period. Billy there you go. And, uh, you hey, know, hey, little, little Peter Siddle. Um, hey, look, hey, what a late. Sir resurgence for the Siddle. Yeah, the I saw Siddle come out in the media the other day and said that he wants to go to the Ashes in England. Wants to be picked and says, "Don't count me out." Sids, I mean, keep chewing those bananas, sunshine. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Um, look, you got to aim high. Keep Live going. That you fresh, know. clean. That's fresh, clean vegan lifestyle, buddy. You, you keep doing that. And, and we'll see how we go. Um, so, look, well, that's us eating our humble pie for the moment. CTB, in the good news, uh, we were right, at least, about the Sydney Sixers mm. uh, in the women's BBL. Um, we had that one on lock. We were totally on the case there. And it was a very, very low-scoring game. Um, the great Alyssa Healy made a solid 41 and, and got the Sixers across the line for one for 100. They ripped through the Scorchers, our beloved Scorchers, Chris, um, and got them all out for 99, which is a bit sad there. But, you know, a powerhouse team, the Sixers, and they were really, really the team to beat all season and they smashed it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, look, they timed their run, um, didn't they? We Look, we, we, <laughs> we backed them early um, and then got a little wobbly. Um, a touch. <laughs> we, we came, like, I will say that I did my classic thing of seeing an iceberg about 400 metres in the distance and jumping ship. <laughs> I, uh, I climbed the lifeboat. <laughs> I was in the water. I was paddling past Leo and Kate on the door saying, there's space enough for both of you, you fuckwits. No, what you did, mate, and, uh, you didn't get on the lifeboat. What you did was you climbed across <laughs> to the ship sailing next door called the Totanic, um, otherwise known as the Sydney Thunder. Uh, who were travelling quite nicely at the time and then fell at last hurdle. But mm. thankfully, we were able to get back on board 
um, because they're a pretty they're a pretty serious unit, like the Sydney Thun. Uh, sorry, Sydney Sixers, um, and um, did extremely well. Um, you know, uh, Elise Berry, Alyssa Healy, just uh, some of the stars there of the Sixers. And um, look, but also hats off to the Scorchers. Uh, you know, a very very good season. And uh, as we've alluded to in earlier episodes, I think they put on one of the best shows in cricket when they play down at Lilac Hill. Oh, the best show in cricket, t- the best show in town, Chris. I mean, I understand it's Perth Fringe there at the moment, and if there was a game on at Lilac Hill, he'd be down there, ice cream in mm. hand. Uh, speaking of the women's game, mate, I understand you've been keeping a little bit of an eye on the domestic season. Uh, has that all wrapped up? Yeah, so the Women's uh, National Cricket League, uh, which is the 50-over um, version of the game, uh, had their grand final uh, recently, um, and the New South Wales uh, Breakers have won for about the thousandth time in a row. Um, <laughs> it's something ridiculous, like 14 times in a row now they've won the championship. And look, you really only have to read down their batting order to understand why. Um, names like Haynes, Healy, Blackwell, Perry, um, Nicola Carey, yeah, I'm just jump off the page. Um, yeah, and they're goodness. pretty pretty formidable sort of setup there, and they um, they put three hundred and two on the board um, to set a pretty challenging. Which in total. a one dayer is huge oh, ridiculous. Mate, in in anybody's game. You know that's that's big news. And uh, you know um, who else but Alyssa Healy with one hundred and twenty two of one hundred and nine deliveries, um, backed up goodness. ably by Elise Perry with ninety six um, off ninety six deliveries at a run of ball with eleven fours and one six. Um, who then comes out in the second innings, by the way, opens the bowling and takes two for 38. I mean, what a freaking dreamboat. What a bloody legend. Yeah, just, just one of the best cricketers going around, full stop. There's not much more that you can say about uh, Elise Perry. A uh, little tip of the hat as well to uh, Alex Blackwell, the veteran of the Australian women's cricket team, scene, um, who I believe played her last game for New South Wales. Um, and has retired from international cricket as well to take up um, an administrative position or potentially a coaching position. Um, so a big tip of the hat to uh, Alex Blackwell, who has had an outstanding career. And uh, we here at Toothanon thank her for the memories. Look, we, we definitely tip the hat. And I tell you what, local artists, in local sculptors in New South Wales, get those kilns warmed up because there is going to be a bronze statue of her outside of the SCG in, in the next couple of years. Just start making some moulds, guys. I tell you what, she's going to need a nice big bronze statue in action. Um, I'm just saying, Chris. I'm oh, just saying that's gonna, what's going to go down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, Well-deserved. Um, an absolute legend of the game. And I'm sure... She will be in the Hoff, the Hall of Fame, in years to come. Oh. Mate, uh, I know we said we didn't really pay that much attention to it, but I think it's worth us just quickly uh, dipping our toes into the into the 2020 series mm. just gone by, mostly because we did surprisingly well, um, <laughs> bizarrely well, actually, if, if you ask me. Uh, we, did, we talked it up somewhat, saying that if, if all our batsmen got their ducks in a row, that we could be a, we could be a thing, but... I, I might be putting words in your mouth here, CTB, but neither of us really saw it coming. Um, no, well, we, we, it, I, it's funny, mate. Um, I think the reason why we did so well is that we didn't get our ducks in a row. Aha! Uh, we actually put some runs yeah. on the board. Um, no, look, I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, you know, but uh, <clears throat> just dominant performance 
by the Australian T20 side um, and poses some pretty interesting questions overall, I think, um, to come out of the series. First of all, um, you know, this is clearly a specialist T20 lineup made up of um, effective performers from the Big Bash uh, competition. You know, and is that the way that Australian the Australian international T20 team needs to go? I agree, mate. I think it's the way that the T20 team needs to go. And to be honest, it's the same tactics that England have employed mm. um, and that have been so effective for England in turning around their short-form team. And, and guys like Darcy Short mm. really took their, you know, um, big bash form across, which may not have been something that, that's happened before. And I think something we've really got to tip our hats to is Davey Warner, yeah. um, who really has found his form again with the bat. You know, he's made a couple of 50s in, in the shorter format, and he looked pretty freaking dominant. Uh, our favorite uh, bowler, Colin de Gronholm, the big man <laughs> uh, himself, was going for uh, a couple of runs, and I think that definitely helped towards the back overs there. But um, and, and look, Eden Park has to be one of the most bizarre places mm, to play cricket in the it? world. Like that, that straight boundary is about 15 metres long. Um, I, you know what? I have had boogers, Chris, out of my nose that have distinctly been longer than the straight boundaries at Eden Park. I'm just Gross. saying, uh, I've had a bad cold <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and you know, that's that's a definite thing. So, it was good for the boys to get their confidence back and play so well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, um, also a big shout to Ashton Agar, man of the match in the final. Um, you know, bold a uh, couple of absolute peaches, I think, including one to get rid of Kane Williamson, which was a beauty. Um, you touched on the leadership there of Davey Warner, which, um, you know, clearly, um, you know, he's a man built... Uh, plays tests very well, but is a man built for the short form of the game in particular. I mean, he's just so electric and so fast. In the field, of course, made his debut all those years ago um, in, in the T20 arena. Um, a couple of punters on um, some of the other uh, sporting websites were perhaps suggesting uh, that uh, Steve Smith should be made to earn his place back in the side. Um, wow. And that uh, Warner should be handed the captaincy on a full-time basis. Not sure I agree with either of those assessments. In fact, I'll go so far as to say that I don't. Um, but... Um, Chris, are they aware of the punishments for treason? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is we're lucky we're not in Russia because they would find themselves somewhere near Siberia uh, wishing they had a warm blanket. <laughs> Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, I think I think asking the captain of the, of the two other teams to to uh, fight his way back into the side is is a long bow to draw. What I will say is that if slotting Steve Smith back into that lineup could be difficult. Um, Chris Lynn's obviously done his shoulder mm-hmm. and and could be out for a little while. But there were so many guys fired. I mean, Warney, Warner fired, obviously. Darcy Short, Chris Lynn was epic. Uh, Glenn Maxwell scored that 100, which was bloody ridiculous. Uh, Marcus Stoinis looked pretty good. Alex Carey has really locked down his place. You know what else? Um, I, Agar has proved himself to be versatile. You know what else I loved was Finchie coming in in the middle order. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. You know, he scored a hundred for the Vicks recently uh, in a dominant mm. display by the Vicks in the in the Shield game, um, and looked a looks, looks a whole new man. He's only got a couple of Shield centuries to his name, Finchie, um, but I wonder if the drop down has actually been a good thing for him. You know, not had so much mm. pressure on himself. Well, you know, I mean, the Australian middle order has been questionable of late, so perhaps it could be an inspired selection um, to go on a, a little little test tour. 
Well, little little yeah. test vlog. Just you know, a bit of a cool head in there. He's a spare batsman. He's got leadership abilities. Well, he can bowl a bit. We've talked repeatedly. I mean, to be fair, his his bowling is is genuine pie store warm up the cinnamon holy dooly. <laughs> um, get ready at cow corner. I mean, there is there is some serious pie mongering going on there, Chris. I don't want to put too much aspersions on it, but I like where your head's at. You know that if he had a bit more training, if he really focuses on those left arms a bit, he could tend towards the Allen Border mould. Well, um, I think if he if he focuses on his left arm as Pat, that would make him a pretty versatile bowler, seeing as he currently bowls right arm off spin, but. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Great cricket let's, commentary, let's Pat. Mix it up. Really, um, really good. Look, it's it's been a while, folks. We're just warming back into it. I swear we're uh, we're on the ball here. Uh, was there any other highlights you had from that from the T Twenty series, Chris? Any things that warmed the oh, cockles look, of your heart? Certainly, Glenn Maxwell hitting a hundred, um, hitting a six off the last ball to win the game, score the hundred, and just uh, just send a little reminder to uh, everybody out there that uh, has been a knocker that he can play. Uh, this game we call cricket. Do you think... Um, oh, Chris, I have bad news for you. I've just Googled Aaron Finch and the bowling style he has is slow left arm You're orthodox. Kidding. What? That's lies. I'm not it's kidding. Li- it's not lies, mate. I hate to oh. tell you. I hate to tell you. You can quick info it. I believe it is you, sir, <laughs> chewing on that humble, humble pie. Cullen rides again, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe he always bowls around the wicket. Damn it. He does bowl around the wicket. He does. He does. I thought I was on the ball there, but uh, that's that's pleasing to know. While I'm looking at Finchie's stats, just by yeah. the way, uh, he's got a first-class average of about 37 and 700s, which is a little a little on the low side. Uh, consequently, his list A, so, you know, he's got 1,400s in that. He's got a 38. Point four with the bat, so yeah. a lot higher. Um, well, obviously, a lot more comfortable in that format. But maybe, maybe it is something to do where he's where he's batting. Um, did you enjoy some Lynn sanity, CTB? Did you enjoy Chris Lynn uh, belting a few blokes into next month? Oh, you always enjoy Chris Lynn uh, belting a few blokes into next month, mate. It's uh, you know, let's just hope he can stay fit and stay on the park. It's um, you know, it's it's frustrating. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's very frustrating for him. Knowing that he's in the peak of his career, you know he's one of the most destructive batsmen going around in the short form of the game. Um, you know, probably in the uh, prime earning years of his career, and uh, just hasn't had lady luck on his side. I tell you, had has that lady luck on his side, mate? Is Big Billy Stanlake, and I thought the combination of Stanlake, Richardson, and Ty was actually a cracker. Mm. Um, they actually looked like a really, really solid bowling attack. Big Billy Stanlake, when he gets that ball to move, he gets a bit of movement through the air or off the pitch, he is devastating. And he bowled some fantastic spells. Um, that height that he has, I mean, it really puts him to a big Mornay Morkel mould. Yeah, Chris. right. Yep. Yes. Uh, well, you know, he's a, he's a damaging bowler, I think. Uh, and anyone that's likened to uh, Mornay Morkel, uh, it's a big call. You know, of course, the... Uh, Retiring South African quick, but um, uh, it's a little bit there. I can pay that. Do you want to know a really big What's call? That, uh, the punter says that Billy Stanlake has the makings of one of the game's all-time great fast bowlers. Well, he would know, um, <laughs> having faced a few. Now, um, if I seem distracted in the last five seconds, it was only because um, while we were talking, I wanted to YouTube Aaron Finch bowling. <laughs> 
I can confirm that I got confused because he does most ball slow left armors around the wicket. Thank you. So, you know, the, the mind's eye wasn't quite skew there. But, um, look, it's a good point about Ricky Ponting um, knowing a lot about, uh, uh, you know, class bowlers because, you know, when it does the autoplay thing on YouTube, it's gone to um, uh, a video which is displaying all of Ricky Ponting's test wickets. Oh, goodness. It goes for seven oh, minutes. Gracious. Um, so, I'm going to watch that. What? We might post it. We'll post it and watch it another time. But Let's post it, watch it later. I I'm love excited. that. Seven minutes. I can't... How many... We're going to... Can you Google while I, I vamp for a couple of minutes? Can you find out how many wickets test, test wickets Ricky Ponting has? I really did not think it'd be seven minutes worth of highlights. Um, I thought it'd be about two minutes worth of highlights. In fact... Let me be the oracle to your Batman... Um, I would. <laughs> the that's all I ever wanted. Is Max, Chris. It's Max Kruger that's the channel line statistician, isn't it? Um, he is. Okay, I found it. Uh, Ricky has got five test wickets. Right, so it must be a lot of replays. <laughs> it must be a lot minutes. of replays. He's got five test wickets and he's got three ODI Amazing. wickets. But to be fair, he's got 14 at first class level, including a two for 10. Yeah. Um, so, hey, you know what? That's that's pretty impressive. Well, there were some handy meetings. I'm excited to watch this, uh, this video now. <laughs> so, let's move <laughs> on to the next topic. Okay, Chris, the next topic. It's what we're all here for. It's what we're all excited about. Tomorrow, in fact, by the time this podcast gets edited and uploaded, it's going to be today. Uh, we've got the first right. test. Yep. We've got the first test of Australia versus mm. South Africa in South Africa in Kingsmead in mm-hmm. Durban. Mm-hmm. And for what stands to be an absolute cracker of a test match. Um, with Steve Smith has named his squad, which has only happened in the last sort of hour or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to reel off the Australian 11. It's Warner, Bancroft, Kawaja, Smith, Marsh, Mitchell Marsh, Tim Payne, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Lyon, Hazelwood, um, obviously Sean and Mitchell Marsh in the middle order there, which is basically the exact same team we had in the Ashes. But CTB, are you excited? How do you see this going down? What do you make of the warm-up game? Where where are your heads at? Give me oh, some give me some overview. This uh, this series, look, it's going to be a humdinger. Um, <laughs> it's going to be really good. Uh, there's just so many battles, really, isn't there? I mean, you look at Australia's pace attack um, of Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. You know, you've got um, Stark there who's, you know, potentially hooping them around corners but didn't necessarily have the best time in the limited overs, perhaps a little bit of fatigue sitting in there. You've got the line and length um, of um, Josh Hazelwood. He's an apps, you know, he's a six foot five metronome. Um, and you've got um, you know, Paddy Cummins, who's just about to peak, returning to the country where he first made his name as an 18-year-old in 2011. Um, oh, yeah. So there's a lot going on there in Australian pace attack. Um, but then, of course, you've got on the other side, you've got South Africa's pace attack, which is just, uh, you know, built around some absolutely um, amazing players. Um, you know, you've got the likes of, you know, we mentioned... Uh, uh, Mornay Morkel, who's playing his last ever Test match series, um, he's picked he's picked the Australians as the one he wants to go out against. Um, you know, we've got um, Vernon Philander, um, who he's absolutely brutal on his day um, with bat and ball. Um, and then you've got this young fella, 
Rabada, um, who averages something ridiculous like uh, 22 um, and is uh, just absolutely terrorizing batsmen all, all over the world. So I think from a pace perspective, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, both teams have a decent spinner. Of course, the Australians have Nathan Lyon. Um, you know, I think the opening um, pairings are going to be really exciting. I think Dean Elgar is a terrific yeah. batsman. Um, you know, yeah, well, tough bastard too, Dean yeah. Elgar. Excuse me, that's language. right, tough bugger too, Dean Elgar. He's tough as guts. He's extremely tough, mate. And I think you know, um, certainly the South African opening pair. You know, they're pretty well established, and uh, there's there's some questions. Nobody questions the quality of Bancroft and Warner, but. Um, perhaps the, the the form hasn't been there of late. So can they rise to the challenge? That's going to be um, another question. Um, and then, of course... Against, as you say, CTB, that bowling attack is huge. And, and on a pitch that's doing a bit, that could be like the first session or two for both teams is going to be absolutely crucial. I know everybody says that, but seriously, the first session tomorrow is going to be going to be vital mate have you had a chance to hear any of the pitch reports mm. uh no i haven't but it, it was a bit of a weird one wasn't it because they at first they were talking about preparing super green pitches and now they're saying they're not yeah. going to be green pitches what's going on pat well by all, all accounts chris this pitch is low it is slow um and it's very very different to what any of them have seen on a on a traditional south african wicket i i know our south african correspondent who's going to be coming up shortly chris the good man goodrick is very worried about it uh as much as he can be um south africa typically have not had much success there but it's it's going to be an interesting one chris because that's what we're really expecting we've got these two fast bowling batteries which are just chomping at the bit ready to go out there and and cleave some heads from some necks um and and intimidate and bowl fast and and scarily and potentially playing on a pitch that's low and slow might really suit the spinners um given australia have gone in with three quicks four including mitch marsh it's going to be a a really interesting one to see how that comes out in the wash and 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 whether they all those quicks are able to get some reverse whether the big cracks that are in it start to do anything um there's a lot of stuff in the air ctb um but i I also wanted to claim something mate before we go too much further and i know we had to eat some humble pie before but i uh since the start of the year chris since the start of the year i've been calling for paddy cummins to be moved up the order Uh, i believe at Mm. one point i called for paddy cummins to uh, be put in number three and um, just to, to shut the game down because he's he's a bloody superstar, he's a champion, and he should be up there. And he was uh, man of the match in the warm-up game, took four for 32 and made an unbeaten 59, batting at number eight. I'm just saying, CTB, you know, bump him up. It's time. Bump him up. It's time. It's time. Uh, just give him the captain's armband. Um, give Smithy a little seat on the bench. <laughs> Let's just clone Paddy Cummins. Let's have 11 of him. Uh, we'll have 10 of him and one of Tim Payne, and, and that could be the whole side. Um. <laughs> All right, I'm go- I've jumped the shark. I've gone too far. I'm going to pump the brakes over here. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Good call. Well, good way to check yourself. Um, you you, you chickity checked yourself before you wrecked yourself. Um. But uh, no, look, it, it's great. It's good to see Pat Cummins playing really well. I, I think we all agree there. That's going to be absolutely terrific. Um, let's not forget about the South African middle order. Just a couple of um, average blokes called AB De Villiers, Hashim Amla, and uh, Christian de Kock. Um, oh yeah, 
What are those blokes ever done? Quinton de Kock is uh, obviously is a hell of a guy. I mean, that's that's a heck of a middle order, CTB. Is that the best middle order in world cricket right now? Probably, yes. Oh, certainly, I, I think over the average of their, you know, over um, the balance of their careers. But it's funny, uh, uh, um, an article on the raw.com.au by Glenn Mitchell, um, he purports that perhaps uh, that's where they might be a little susceptible because they haven't uh, necessarily performed that well of late. But I think... You know, form is temporary and class is permanent. So, um, I, you know, gee, it's going to be um, it's going to be one hell of a task getting twenty wickets against South Africa. Uh, I, uh, I, it'll be a great, great feat if Australia can pull it off. And mate, really worth pointing out, this is the same team that did a number on us a couple of years ago in our very own backyard. Um, I mean, I think the only guy I can see missing from that side is Kyle Abbott, um, who was a real destroyer. But that their bowling attacks at full strength. If their batsmen fire, which they should do on their home turf, it could be a really tough going for the Aussie squad. The Aussies, the Aussies for me, do have some chinks. I mean, Davey Warner, as we mentioned, has found some form in this shorter format. Whether he can translate that into the longer one is, is a question to be asked. Um, of the most recent tour match that we played, um, our, our dear old Usman Khawaja didn't look great. Um, Steve Smith's been struggling a little bit in the in the in the shorter form of the game. Obviously, um, he was a dynamite in the test, and hopefully, he can bring that back, that form back. So there's just been a couple of little bits and pieces which haven't gone as as ideally as we'd like. I mean, obviously, we walked away from the the warm up game with a win, mm. which is vital and we love that uh, and Mitchell Stark is back and starting to look really ferocious which is really good but it's going to be about our batsmen CTB whether our top six can pull it together um, and and really dig in and make some scores it was great to see Cameron Bancroft make a few runs um, but I don't think we want to be relying on the Marsh Brothers and Tim Payne and Cummins in that lower middle order to score the bulk we need somebody up the top to fire yeah. um, against those opening bowlers in, in difficult conditions well I think that's right I mean this isn't a I, this isn't a team where you want to be relying on your um uh, your tail to do the job for you. So it really is a battle of uh, of their best against our best, um, uh, doing what they do best. Um, you know, so it's uh, and that might sound obvious, uh, but I think uh, it's really going to come down to um, you know which team can perform the best under pressure and it's going to take i think some um you know really special individual performances um from either side to win um some interesting things as well about the series um you know uh south africa have have won uh of course we recall most recently uh in australia um they won that series i think 2-1 um and that was that uh the one which australia won was of course the game where they pretty much completely revamped their test side um turned it absolutely on its head um and it now resembles something similar um to what it looks like now um, so that's interesting, but Australia haven't actually lost a test series and South Africa haven't won a test series um, since South Africa re- were readmitted into world cricket um, in the post-apartheid era. So that's interesting. It's, you know, mm-hmm. Not often that the away team has the form advantage uh, over a, a span of series, if you like. Um, and the other interesting thing I think as well is the test. this test match series doesn't actually have a formal trophy to play for so um 
Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. I, I was sort of thinking this afternoon about maybe who you might name it after. And um, it's a tough one. You know, there's, there's been because there's been so many good performances um, over the years in these test matches. And, um, you know, a, a, as you sort of do uh, before the pod, you flick through some stats and some, uh, uh, you know, some YouTube film and clip and all that sort of stuff to see what you can come across. Um, and uh, there's just been so many great performers. I mean, from the South African side, of course, you've got the memory of Graham Smith coming back out with a broken hand to help save the, the yeah uh, uh, to help save the Test match. Um, you know, you've got that uh, the Test match where South Africa battled for like a day and a half to save the game and um, yeah you know, and help win the, the series. The magic game at the Wanderers where um, Mitchell's Johnson made a hundred yep. and we made 400 and they made 400 and something and it was nuts yeah of course yeah mitchell mitchell johnson's 100 was another special one um one of the rare games that i think andrew mcdonald played in as well the former victorian oh, and, yeah uh, ronnie uh, andrew mcdonald the former victorian and south australian uh, all-rounder um the um uh, but one of the other memories as well as you know man i'm a massive fan of ryan harris um Oh, yeah, we all love Rhino. Oh, Rhino against the South You know, in 2014, Ryan Harris um, delivering Australia, um, uh, you know, victory uh, in 2014 in South Africa with bones just absolutely floating around in his knee. Um, I think that might have been close to some of his last games. Um, But uh, those were spectacular performances. And of course, going back many years, God, you know, you've, got, you've got the likes of oh, uh, uh, you know Kepler Vessels and uh, uh, Rose. Jonty Rose is a brilliant fielder. Lance Klusner, um, Pat Simcox was wasn't uh, terrible. Sean Pollock. Sean Pollock was a beauty. Um, you know, and of course, we've talked at you know ad nauseum about some of the great uh, cricketers of Australia's past. Uh, Jacques Callis is another one, of course. Look, I posted a photo of one of Carlos's last games on the on the pod today, uh, about on, on our Facebook page. Which, if you're not a member of, do go and find uh, Two for None on Facebook. Uh, and Jacques just holding a beer in the air, and I think his last Test match. And look, he was just an incredible cricketer. And, and what we really love about South Africa is, in a lot of ways, they play a similar brand of cricket mm. to us. They like having a couple of quicks who come out there and really go to act aggressively and aggressive batsmen, as well as mixed in with batsmen who can hang around and take a few hits and and genuinely just really tough, hard guys that play hard, intense cricket. Um, and and we love that. They're they're and you know it's it's that big old thing, Chris, of a rock hitting an immovable object uh, and seeing which bounces back, and and that's and that's what we're really excited to see pop out of this. Yeah, um, absolutely, mate. Can I can I grab from you? And I know this is a lot to ask, but we do it every time, so we might as well keep going. Um, in this game, who do you think are going to be the players to watch? Who do you think is going to be the the guys going to make some runs? Who's going to take some wickets? And who do you reckon is going to win? Oh, um, look, it's a funny one. You, you, you mentioned the pitch before, and it's going to be low and slow and, a, you know, and, and a, a, a bit of a mud patch. And I just don't know who that suits, you know. I just, I just because no. it's a bit like, you know, um, it's a bit like if I was, just, if I didn't like you. Now, let's, let's presuppose I didn't like you. And I said, I said, Pat, taste this pie. But what you didn't know was that that pie has laxatives in it and in order right, to convince yeah. you to eat the pie i must first take a bite of the pie myself so <laughs> therefore giving myself giving myself uh, the runs now 
what I'm saying there is, in a very weird way, um, it's almost as if they've um, taken away a weapon that will benefit them just so it doesn't benefit the opposition. And that's a really strange kind of defensive move for me, particularly when you consider, as I said, Rabada. I mean, that's the guy for me that I'm most excited to watch bowl. He's 22. He's taken 120 test wickets at 22. And, you know, frankly, I I think that he can potentially be the destroyer in this game. Um, I think if South Africa Mm. is to win, um, he will take 10 wickets. Um you know, uh, and I think that we'll see a return to form from AB De Villiers, um, putting some runs on the board. Um, so, I, look, I'm picking South Africa to win the first test. Um, I think um, it's just such a formidable lineup. Um, I think it's going to be a great battle. Um, but ultimately, I'm leaning towards South Africa to win the series 2 1. Yeah, Chris, I think you might be right. I, I feel in my heart like this first game might be a draw. Um, I, I mean, unless these South Africans pick a different side, I mean, who's to say? So, I think I think the way that it's going to go is I'm going to pick um, Paddy Cummins to get the wickets because I'm just on a Paddy Cummins just vibe at this moment. I think Hashimamla is going to make some runs. I think the, the ground being a bit lower and a bit slower might take the edge off some of the Australian quicksprits have given him trouble in the past. And he's such a classy batsman, Hashim, that um, he could well be the guy. I really agree, mate. That middle order from Faf through to Quinton de Kock is just ferocious. Um, and if we can get through them, then we can go a long way to winning the test match. Uh, I, I, but I do think that you're right, mate. If we can win over there, it'd be, it'd be very, very impressive. And I just don't know that we can pull it off. Our bowling attack is going to take wickets. I've got a lot of faith in that, but I just don't know that our top six is going to be up to the case and, and where uh, our key players who we really need to score ones are Warner and Smith. And until they've had a, had a hit out, we're not going to know where they are sitting. So I am going to back, um, Paddy comes for the wickets. Amla for the runs, and I'm going to call it a draw. All right, all right. So there they are. Those we'll are the picks. We'll lock them in. Lock them in, Eddie. Uh, so, Chris, time for a new segment, and I hope you're excited. Uh, we're going to cut now to our South African correspondent, uh, Chris the Goodman Goodrick. And, and I should note that Chris was pretty pumped when he recorded this for us, and I haven't wanted to censor him out of just really enjoying <laughs> this this yarn from a yarpie. There is some coarse language in the next bit, so if you're listening with younger folks, maybe tune out for the next three or four minutes. Um, but outside of that, enjoy your yarn from a yarpie from Chris Goodrick. Sabona Kunjalo Hello, my name is Chris coming from live from South Africa. Um I must just say what what a time, what a time, what a time to be alive. Um with such a beautiful, beautifully poised series that we have in front of us. Uh, the Australian Kangaroos uh, coming over to the Republic of South Africa and uh, two teams absolutely poised. You know, you, you've got one uh, Australian team that has performed so well against uh, England and um, 
you know, done a really, really good job in winning the Ashes and 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 such a good test team, so well balanced, you know, with good strike and seam and and then you've got a bloody uh, lion there just fucking throwing in the um, the odd twisties and turnies there. And then you've got, you know, the South Africans just beating India and, and not just beating India, but absolutely smashing them, you know, bringing those Punjabs to the country and just showing them what uh, Samosa looks like, you know. So, you know, what a, what a time, you know, what a time to be here. And, uh, you know, we welcome uh, all the Aussies into our wonderful republic. You know, come, you know, bring your dollars, put it into rands and some spend some money, mate. The piss is good. Food's even better. And, uh, you know, come on, you know, bring it. Bloody hell, I suppose we should start talking about some bloody cricket, which shouldn't we? Um, but, oh, listen, Patrick, uh, you know, thank you for uh, welcoming, um, welcoming me on board to your um, beautiful podcast. And for the billions and billions and and millions of viewers that are, are listening to this podcast, you know, I think this is really going to increase, you know, the, the the beautiful game that is cricket, and uh, you know, really, 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 um, just promote the trade relationship between our our beautiful um, countries. You know, you know, we, we're going to see, you know, the benefit of in, in our economies just from this podcast. So, you know, what a time, what a time to be alive. Um. But let's just talk about the bowlers, mate. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. This is two bloody teams with some amazing bowlers. You know, you got the Aussies there with their, you know, three strike, four strike bowlers. And then you got, you know, Lyon just, you know, throwing it in there. And then you got the South Africans with Philander with a three, three step and a swing. And you got the new um, black streaker. And then Gidi and Rabada just absolutely giving it to, giving it to the batsmen. So you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting series. But one thing I must highlight before we get started is, is, is the ground. The, the first ground that um, the game is going to be played on is Kingsmead. Now this is a ground that um, the South Africans traditionally haven't been very good at, and it really it really bugs me because. Um, you know, the South Africans, they're a confidence team. If they start well, they finish well. You know, we saw that in in India, sorry, in South Africa against India. And, um, you know, when when they do play well, you know, they, they finish the test series. Um, but they, they traditionally are good in, in, in those sorts of, of grounds. Kingsmead is, is my home ground and I, I love Kingsmead. It's, it's got Castle Corn, it's got Vibe, it's got everything, it's got Gears, it's, it's, it's a fantastic, a fantastic place to play cricket. But it's not a ground that South Africans have traditionally done well. Uh, we've never performed well in the World Cups and ODIs. We've never traditionally won close test matches. We just haven't performed well there. So it really, really bugs me that the first test matches in Kingsmead, even though it is my home ground. Um, so that might be a little bit of an opportunity for the Australians to get the first ascendancy. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But that's the first thing that's really bugged me about this series. But let's look at everything. We have to look at everything on paper. I mean, we've got two fantastic teams here. And the Australians, they're very well balanced. You know, you've got exciting, really exciting players. You've got good bowlers, well-balanced team. You've got, you know, your Warners. Um, you've got Steve Smith, who's in unbelievable form. Um, it's balanced with, you know, the South Africans with Amla, who's the rock of our team. You've got exciting um, players like AB, 
you got exciting players like um, the cock. So you know it's 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 going to be an exciting series. I just I really hope that uh, the South Africans start well. We need to start well to really make sure we we progress the series forward. Even we've noticed in the World Cup and the ODRs. I know this is not ODRs. I, I'm probably focusing too much on ODRs, but uh, when when we traditionally start well, we once we got the ascendancy, we we, we tend to do very well towards the back end of a series. Uh, and I just feel like we've got Kings Mead as first up. It's not it's not good. But anyway, I think this series is going to be closely contested, as everyone's predicted. Um, but it's going to come down to, I believe, the first test, which is Kingsmead. So I think whoever gets the first toss or have, you know, the upper hand and whoever puts on a big score or bowls well first will definitely have a big sway in how the series is going to go. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's see how it goes. Um, so I uh, that's, that's about as much input as I have. I think the South Africans will come out firing. You know, it's um, it's more cause last series. So, they, I mean, they're going to have a lot of passion. I mean, I can absolutely guarantee you one thing. As a Durban boy, that stadium will be sold out. You know, it's not a big stadium, but it's a beautiful stadium. You're at Castle Corner there. They will be shouting. There will be a chess. There will be... There will be a lot of stuff going on there. It will be absolutely beautiful. And for all the Australians traveling, have a beautiful time. Um, we've just got a new president, so things are changing. Unfortunately, the Australian dollar has weakened against, or sorry, has strengthened against the rand. So, um, you know, your, your, your beer won't go so far, but bloody hell, mate, you will still get a buck for your bloody beer. And that's how I'm going to finish it, mate. Good on you, Australia. I hope you bloody lose. Yeah. See you, mate. Thank you so much to Chris Goodrick for an excellent yard from Yavi and a fantastic impersonation of Australian accent there at the end, Chris. Uh, usually not done so well, but I really think he went for it. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's almost the reverse Billy Birmingham there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, if you're not sure who Billy Birmingham is, I highly encourage you to take a cheeky Google after listening to this pod. Uh, thank you to Chris Goodrick for that, and it will be he'll be back after the test, and so will we to wrap the whole thing up and and do a review of all of the action. Uh, CTB final thoughts before we sign off. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, look, I've just been keeping an eye on the uh, ICC World Cup warm up matches. Oh yeah. Um, so there's a couple of warm up matches that have been happening uh, recently. I just want to give a big shout to all our mates in Nepal um, because the Nepalese cricket team had a big win over the United Arab Emirates. Um, and I also want to give a big shout to um, the Hongkonese cricket team. Didn't know Hong Kong had a cricket <laughs> team, but they do. They lost to the Netherlands. So pick it up, Hong Kong. Pick I'm sure it up. Bounce back. I'm watching. Um, but no, look, it's great. I, I, I'm, I'm really into these. I'm loving watching the uh, the minnows go at it, and uh, I'm sure we'll be keeping a, a close eye on, on proceedings uh, as they unfold over the coming weeks. Go Afghanistan is all I have to say. Um, mate, while we're giving big shout-outs, I wanted to give a huge one and a whole heap of love from everyone here at Two For None, which is you and me, uh, to our main man and British correspondent, Tom K. Hawkey. Um, while we were on break, Tom got engaged to his lovely partner, Martine. Whoa! Yeah. 
Um, so huge congrats to Tom. Thank you for all your wonderful work, mate, on this podcast. We we loved every minute of it, and we can't wait to have you back um, for the next series against the Poms. We might just check in with Tom in a couple of weeks and see how he's adjusting to uh, engaged life, just purely for our own entertainment. So congratulations. Yeah, let's get a pitch report. Let's get a pitch, just get a pitch report. <laughs> Uh, huge shout out to Tom congratulations again mate you're an absolute legend and and all the best to you and your partner Um, everybody else who's listening to this pod thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it if you could take a moment and just like us in the iTunes store give us a couple of stars Find us on Facebook. Tell your friends if you're they you think they might be into it. Um, we don't do anything to advertise this pod, and we're over 500 listens, Chris. We're about to crack the thousand, actually. So, uh, if you could pass it on to your friends, that'd be awesome. Um, thank you so much, CTB. Uh, and we will be back after the first test to wrap it up. You're a legend, mate. Appreciate it. You're a good man, Patrick. See you next time. See you next time, everybody. Thank you very much. Go those Aussies. Oh,